And now the trial of Jonathan Hickman. Oh my gosh, please. I told you, I was, I knew it. The, the other day when we talked about it, I had a bad, bad feeling. Yeah, and I was just not willing to in admit denial. it. I was in denial. I wanted something else. You know, and there's still, there's still people, and I'll say, hey, there's still people that say, he's not leaving Marvel. You know, he's still doing something else. Maybe he'll come back for this other thing. He's still got the overall plan. No. All right. I it might happen. Listen, let me let me put this in terms of something that you can understand so you could be in my shoes for just a moment. Hickman's going to come back to X-Men the same way Ralph Boner is actually Quicksilver. <laughs> Welcome to the X-Wife podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. <laughs> Today we're like, we're really going to talk about Trial of Magneto, but first we're just going to like take a quick minute to talk about some like uh, Just X breathe about X, X-Men and Hickman and, and Leah Williams and, and just what's going on with the world of X. So first I will say, in reading the article that you sent me, I have a couple of feelings, okay? Yep. About what's happening with Hickman. Okay, one is... There are a lot of really great people who are involved in the X books. 100%. And I think that even if Hickman was to leave and not come back at all, the the stage has been set. The yep. seeds have been planted, so to speak, for you know these storylines and these things, and people can run with them. And we all know that you and I speculate. Other fans speculate. We all have ideas that generate off of what the stories are so far. So there's definitely positive potential for what's going to come out of the X-Books, even without Hickman, because he did establish this world. For sure. And then on the flip side of that, reading that article and hearing some, like reading something that was like the word refocused, a new refocused X story or something. And I immediately thought about the conversation we had about how you think Inferno is basically going to reset everything and... I read that I, and I was like, gosh, I, I darn never it. said that. I never said that. I said Inferno is going to change the status quo, which it sounds like is 100% true. And a refocus is basically some of your titles might get canceled, maybe a couple of new ones. They have hinted in a couple of ways that there are other creators in the wings that maybe they'll have new titles release. The, the world is not necessarily shrinking, but the publication amount might because that has been some response there's been a couple of responses a there's too many titles everybody says oh my god i can't keep up with everything but you don't have to but you can you can if it's all you read (laughs) if i can do it you can do it baby and there's other people that are saying well hickman's out and so am i and whoa yeah and i i said that to to chris at the comic shop and he was like you know a couple of my ex guys are in that same boat no which i understand because that was the promise sold at the beginning that was hey Jonathan Hickman has this crazy idea he's going to Hickman the X-Men and me being having left new comics at the time I had never read anything else by Jonathan Hickman when I picked up House of X and Powers yeah. 10 right yeah. Uh, yeah you're saying yeah like you had read anything no i'm just like agreeing <laughs> with this statement gotcha. uh-huh gotcha. understood uh, what do so, you mean i've read so many right. Hickman comics I have since read other things by him and understand the hype, understand the the accolades. 
but at the same time, to your point, there are a lot of other things that I really do enjoy about what's going on in the X line. And Mm -hmm. especially with the collaborative nature and the world story that's been built. And that wasn't all Hickman. Yeah, he laid the foundation. He planted the garden of Krakoa. Yep. But the plants that have grown from there, (laughs) (laughs) X-Force, are largely from this collaborative effort of all of them. And I'm excited to see where else it goes. I will still have a poll list in January that is entirely or mostly X-focused. We did just read some indie comics recently oh so my gosh that'll that'll expand on the other side but so good i am interested to see very much so interested to see what happens in inferno because that is the hype that's the i am fire. interested and also terrified sure yeah because not to get into the issues that we're not going to talk about in this episode but in way of x i was oh, yeah. panicking i was panicking yeah. at one point <laughs> So, and Way of X was super dope, and I can't wait to talk about that. But that'll be another another episode. Yes. But, I mean, that's that's really Hickman news. That's Hickman's story. The the writing was on the Substack, and we Uh, knew it was going to happen, but we denied it. He's still. No, we didn't deny it. I denied denied it. it. He's still. I mean, the interview says, I'm going to. Marvel doesn't pay me to write monthly books. I'm going to start working on my next big thing, TM. Yes. Right? My best. My next big Marvel thing. Which has to be something big to take on the head of X role. Maybe it's going to be integrating the X-Men into the MCU. I don't think, yeah. No, because Marvel Comics isn't involved in that? Well, I mean, it's all generally under the same umbrella, but I don't think that that would be... He's not a screenwriter, and I don't think that that's his interest. Not as a screenwriter, but as like a puppet master. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. But All maybe, right, well, maybe. I mean, I, I feel like silver. what? Nothing. <laughs> I feel like he's gonna do something else that is line defining for a different piece of the Marvel universe, or integrate what's going on in X Men that's now slowly building out through Al Ewing and his space stories, mm-hmm. and really take maybe, maybe. What's going to happen with the phalanx? Because I still that's got to still be in the, the background. That's got oh, to still be God. the the end game. You know the the act three event that he refers to the three act structure. That has to be it. Well, with the um that preview image of Inferno with my man Nimrod on the cover. Yeah, that's like that's like phase two kind of maybe. Right. I don't care. I just Nimrod's back and I'm happy about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean Nimrod's been back, back you I just know, haven't read the issues right so that i'm working on it i'm like <laughs> halfway through ten of swords people okay i'm powering through i've put my powering through i've <laughs> i've put my focus on ten of swords i'm gonna do it let's okay today today is august 19th okay i have 11 issues left that's literally halfway yep i'm going to make a vow right here Right now. On the podcast. On the podcast. Not editing out. By the end of this weekend, which will be Sunday, August 22nd, I will have finished Ten of Swords. Okay? Oh. By the end of the weekend, I said. Yeah. Sunday evening. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That's good. All right. Val made. Yeah. 
So let's talk quickly about Leah Williams before we get into the trial of Magneto. I listened to the interview. There's an interview with Leah about her time in X Factor and where this story comes from. And it really gave a lot of information about what happened. Mm -hmm. Apparently, she found out that X Factor was being canceled while writing issue nine. That's terrifying as a writer. So... In that one issue to try and wrap up as much as you could leading into issue 10. That yeah. was also a Hellfire Gala crossover issue. Right, so you already have things that you have to do in the Hellfire Gala. It's already got to make sense with the gala. And it's got to tease in the last page or two, couple pages. It's got to tease the trial of Magneto, the death of Scarlet Witch. Yes. Which was a story pitch that Leah made as an arc for x-factor and so this right there that's a perfect point of how someone else took things and enhanced what's going on with the x-men storyline right now right like if the idea of the death of scarlet witch came from leah williams then that's a dope idea which clearly everyone's pumped about the trial of magneto right so there you go it's gonna be okay everybody yeah 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 there's still people doing great things uh i'm not sure where Leah is after Trial of Magneto, but we'll, we'll, we'll find out. definitely find out as we go. So this was intended to be starting in issue 15 of X Factor. And then they were like, nah. They were like, no, we're going we're gonna to cancel the book and we're going to make this its own mini, own little event. That sucks so bad. Because they didn't think that X Factor had the readership to pull in for the size of what this could be. Unfortunate. What's really unfortunate, and and listen to the interview on on Battle of the Atom, there are details about the fact that things in issue 10, Leah didn't write, didn't see before they went to print, and she had to rewrite her ending letter two or three times because it gave away too much of the fact that it was a rushed ending. Yeah. So she basically had to like cover up her feelings about what was going on, like a cookie cutter answer. Yep. And just as a writer, okay, like if, if your name is on a book, like people open it up, they go to the title page, it says written by Leah Williams, people are going to hold you accountable for everything that's in that book. Absolutely. And so then to have things I did. Are, right, right. I and had, and you can go back and listen to the episode. I didn't have the best things to say. I loved the X Factor run, really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the character work, really enjoyed what she was trying to set up. I felt like, Issue 10 was a stark difference from the rest of the run. And parts of it I didn't like at all. Yeah. And I mean, now it's clear that there were things that, like, I don't know. I just feel like I don't really know how I can compare. Like, let's compare it to, say, I go and I choreograph a dance and my name is on it. And then I leave and then the people make changes to it that I think are atrocious. And then they perform it somewhere and I see it and I'm like, oh, excuse me. You're telling everybody I did that, but I didn't do that. Like, right. that's someone's like artistic property. So one to just change it without consulting them. I mean, but that's the sticky situation of comics that like really IP like really drives me bonkers. Of you know, like the artistic ownership over characters they create, or it's it's kind of similar to reality television. You know, like in my limited, but I do have some experience um, with reality TV. And, you know, they they always tell you like they they make you sign a contract that's like we can do whatever we want with this information. And so like I've had an experience where something went really well 
And then it was edited to make it seem like it went really poorly. And, you know, you have this hype and you're so excited and you tell all your friends, hey, watch this thing. And then you see it and you're like, oh, my God, that is a terrible representation of me and my work. Like, that's not that's not how it went. She's got more talent than that. Ha ha ha. So, I mean, it's just like, but that's the thing that kind of like boggles my mind about comics and writers and artists and just their intellectual property is not actually theirs. And I understand that that's something that you're signing up for and you know ahead of time. But still, it doesn't change the fact that the people, the audience views it as yours, right? Like as, as your work. And so then whatever changes are made, they reflect on you. And also, you know, it stinks when you can't like decide how things happen with your characters or your you know world that you've created because someone else owns it right you didn't make the sandbox you're only playing in it sad but this isn't the trial of marvel this is the trial of magneto the trial of magneto so let's uh let's check let's out that shift cover gears and check out that cover because it had been released first without the image of scarlet witch on it it was just a it was just body outline yeah with a red body outline of someone you know the the tease of a death at the gala that was then spoiled everywhere oh let's not go back to that time i live in that time (laughs) that time haunts me i do love this cover valerio shidi yeah i mean it's very epic it's very looming the colors of the eyes marcio menez Great work all around. Yeah. And this issue, whoo, I cannot wait to dig into it. So, spoiler alert, it's great. It's great. So, shall we? Mm. Page turn noise. All right, we're kicking it off with a quote Immortality is just a life sentence with a more pleasant veneer. Everlasting life is terrestrial purgatory. Wanda Wanda Maximoff. Maximoff. Years Years ago. ago. (laughs) kicking it right into that title page no messing around they know once you get into the story you're not gonna want to stop you're here for it from parties to funerals dial m for wanda which dial m for murder is a 1950s alfred hitchcock crime mystery film about murder and deception oh i did not know this yes so hit me with that creative team written by leah williams art by lucas wernick Color artist Edgar Delgado, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. All right. So we're in it. We're in it like from the get. And the scene of the crime. I have to say, I love the um, the comments by uh, just the X Factor team of like, oh, are X Men and X Force babysitters? Right, like, right. why all of a sudden do they need people to help them do what it is that they do? Well, it's a high profile thing. It's It's got everybody's attention. It's going to be on the news. It's, on the real you know, news. It's, it's something that they need to get solved quickly. And uh, I, I, So people standing around watching them do their job will help. Or helping them out, you know. I guess it's it's redundant because now we have three Wolverines versus one Wolverine. <laughs> All the Wolverines are here. Right. And it, I literally I looked at it and it's like an improv group game. Everybody get in here. <laughs> All the teams. And then plus for that, that all right, the later. The later. But we it. get trimmings of the gala all around as we're referencing what happened. 
Nobody's looking for Gabby. It's all, all the Wolverines except for Gabby, and, and no one's worried that she's gone. Right? Where is Gabby? Dang yeah. it! We have details about the struggle, about the the runaway of Scarlet Witch, the fact that it's someone who could get close to her. Yeah. How does one get a jump on a sorcerer who controls all reality? Questions that I was asking yeah. months yeah. ago, weeks well, ago. Even even in the way they're describing it, like someone came and grabbed her from behind. Like, okay. And then she like shot magic out at them. Like, what do you mean? Like, And then they did. They, they turned into ribbons. Right. And like, what do you mean? It was X-Force where it felt like a procedural... Crime show. Yes, yes. And this CSI definitely ah! does. We're in the autopsy phase. Yeah, for sure. And I really like the the back and forth. This on the nine. What is it called? Like a nine, the nine panel. panel. Yeah. Yeah. So that moment where it's like, Hi boy it's like and... in the autopsy, in the at the yeah. scene of the crime, in the autopsy, at the scene of the crime, and how they're putting the pieces together simultaneously, and just the difference in how they're delivering that news. Because throughout this, you're getting. Notes of how this is hard for the team investigating, how yes. this is affecting them emotionally. iBoy is a softie. You know, he is not dealing well with the squirmies. But we find out that she was strangled with a weapon of sorts and her hands were bound. By something metallic. metallic. Oh, that Polaris Just shot. Just the look on Polaris's face. She's like, um, excuse me, what? It my family. My dad just killed my sister. <laughs> Big old two-page spread with all these details. I think this has been a preview image for a little while. But the I love this, of, this thread, yeah. this page. It's so good. Yeah, there's really great art throughout this whole series. Yeah, it's really this beautiful. Whole book. I think, you know, the, the thing here that's just really interesting is the way that they're breaking it down and... and and I don't know, it's like it feels like they're sort of trying to look for a way that just by flat out saying that there's metal involved, like they're trying to be like, is there a way that this is not Magneto? Right. But there's not really well, in their eyes. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they see the clues. They see the evidence that's pretty blatantly there, which I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it throughout. Magneto's not that sloppy. No, exactly. It's planted. To look like Magneto. Right. Like if Magneto was going to murder someone and then be insistent that he didn't murder someone. And leave the body? He would not use, like he would not blatantly use metal as his weapon in a way that is so traceable. He just wouldn't do that. Because then that's like, oh, who can manipulate metal? And also like, how come it's not, how come Polaris isn't in question in this at all? Well, I mean, I guess there's the the white cape thing. Yeah. But she can also manipulate metal. Yep. It's true. I don't know. Someone she trusts who was also wearing a white cape. The whole thing with the the fact that she was clawing at this thing and that it wasn't a human. And so it's not another person's blood, but she was clawing at it so hard that she ripped off her own fingernails. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, and just the the details of the fact that the body was placed there to find quickly. Yes. This, the top on the second page, Beast reacting to iBoy's leveled up skills. You get away from him, Beast. He is too good for you. Yeah, Beast, you leave iBoy alone. But also, I don't know how he doesn't join X-Force now, if that's possible. If X-Factor is not coming back in some way, this guy... Is going on the intelligence team of X Force, which Beast is like new recruits. Yeah, he's fascinating. You know, he's he's fascinating, loving it. Yeah, 
before you flip that page. Oh, yeah. Before I flip this page. Time of death is 2.56 a.m. Yes. Okay. What time? Tell me. Sword number six, Magneto and Scarlet Witch meet at 3.17 a.m. Yes. I knew that was going to play a part. X Factor 10, her body is found at 4.04 a.m. So it was Mystique in the... It that, was Mystique. Wanda talking to him was Mystique. Potentially. And that's why Mystique is so smug on this next page. I mean, she's, she, she's not the only one who's smug. They're all smug. Get out of here, Xavier. That's how I feel. Always. You know, we, we know all these details because of the intense timeline throughout Hellfire Gala. We know where she was at a few times. And let's also just, let's just take it back for a second and just talk about Magneto and Mourning. Yeah. And we're, he's wearing his black costume. in the costume black costume. Because he's in mourning. Yeah, yeah. From and parties just, to funerals. I just feel like, I, I guess I don't understand the argument by all of the other people on the council that's like, well, obviously you want her back because you killed her. Then what the freak then why'd is I the kill point her? Why'd I do it then? Her? Like, right. why am I killing her? If I just, just, to, just so that I could say like, see, she's a mutant. We brought her back. But he's not even advocating for that in here. He's just saying we can bring back anybody. They don't have to be a mutant. Yeah. So it's just a very um, shaky argument. Straw man. Straw man? Straw man argument. Oh. I also just have to say, I really didn't enjoy the way that, like, I can understand it from Mystique and from some of the other people. But the way that Xavier is responding to this, like, if him and Magneto are supposed to be, like, on the same team, the way that he instantly flips to just, he even even just him saying, you will get nowhere with pageantry and threats in here. You, you are not even going to just, like, take a second to talk to Magneto about this or, like, try to understand his point of view if you guys are supposed to be this amazing team that helped make Krakoa happen and, like, mm. you've seen the light and he's seen the light and all. you're just instantly going to revert to, like, old Charles and old Magneto butting heads. Yeah. I want to call out on the first page mm-hmm. because it, it adds to my argument. So the first panel, Magneto throws this chair. Fools. The second panel, Exodus grabs the metal chair with his telekinesis because you could potentially manipulate metal with telekinesis. Oh, my God. I didn't even notice that until you like started talking, and then I looked at the page, and I was like, wait, someone and else is floating a chair. the specific use of color and power effect to tell you who is doing what. Right. Yes. To be like, look at this yellow coming out of his eyes. The idea of resurrecting Wanda with an older backup of Cerebro is really cool. She'd be such... How how long has she been the quote-unquote pretender? Uh, After House of M, right? I believe so. So, like, basically what they're saying is she would be backed up pre-House of M. Right, which... I don't really know what that means. Yeah. But just knowing that however long ago that was... Which kind of is something that I feel like people would be against because you're erasing her knowledge of the trauma that she's caused other people. Oh, right. and don't even get me started on that because that's something for another episode. The rage of Magneto, the lack of visibility in his face. Yeah. I mean, it's just this, it's just so like it's so blood boiling, like all of this. Yeah. I find it interesting that Storm votes no. Oh, my God. And the way Storm says you're not the most powerful mutant anymore. Right. (laughs) And just how staunchly Emma is against it. 
and and even calls out Kate for voting for resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. This murder attempt on Xavier. Oh my god. And then Kate sticks like when Kate sticks her hand through his head. Through his head and she's like I'll basically like I will just crush your spinal cord like Let's do it. Oh my Lanta. And I also feel like, you know, in Kate's defense, right, in this moment, she's thinking of her own self and how, like, how many it was so attempts? questionable if she was even going to be able to be resurrected. If she was a mutant. Right. Like, that was in question and everyone was like, no, we're going to resurrect you. And and just, I do understand the argument that, like, if you do resurrect someone who's not a mutant and then that becomes known, then everybody knows that you can just do this for anybody. Right. But you can't really do it for anybody because you have to have, they a, have, cerebral to have backup, a cerebral backup, which is something that I kept on pointing out of how would they do it if they didn't have a cerebral backup. The fact that her genes could trick Cerebro, that's an interesting point yeah. that I feel like needs to be further developed, needs yeah. to be discussed. The lack of eyes in his helmet. Uh, he's just so he's just like angry. Well, I mean. Under, I just feel like understandably so. Like that's yeah. what I was saying about the whole thing of just like everyone is just instantly turning on him. Like, oh yeah, you you're Magneto, so obviously you did. You this. murder people. I just feel like that's so selfish. Like, okay, how many things has Sinister done since he's been on this council? Off the books, and he's still on this council. Nobody and knows. Nobody cares. Nobody knows. They know. Probably. Hopefully. Someone has reported what's going on. They have three telepaths in the room. Someone has to have read his mind. Yeah. Every you you he's, can't tell me that you have screaming about his yeah, off the books exactly. black market cloning you can't operation. Tell me that you have telepaths in the room and they're not like, all right, well we're just gonna like secretly check in on Sinister once in a while just unless, to make sure. Unless they're in on it. Yeah. Right. That's true. Because That's true. Because they could be. This party that everyone is throwing. Bigger than the gala. Honestly, my heart broke when I got to this part. Magneto is just dealing with the fact that one, his daughter is dead. Two, he's being accused of it. Three, he's furious at everyone around him. And then he walks out and he sees all these people literally celebrating, celebrating. her death. Do you see this little the the face on the tree? Oh my God, no. I believe these are some of the, the hate-filled children, the... Oh, the Acolytes of Exodus, who has been raising them to hate the Pretender, which is <sighs> another vote for Exodus. I think it's Exodus, Mystique, and Sinister. I'm going to say right there. Yeah. You I think, think it's Sinister's that's, involved? I think Sinister has reason to be involved. I think he's probably the unnecessary piece, but I don't think it's Exodus on his own. I think it's definitely Exodus and Mystique. I'm just like, yeah, I definitely think Mystique is involved, especially if it's that timeline thing, because... Just the fact of, okay, Wanda died 20 minutes before she went to see Magneto. And if you had multiple people, you could lure her in with the comfort of seeing your father, the person that you're supposed to be meeting, and then a Omega-level telekinetic uses his abilities to take you by surprise. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's nuts. And then, but also, is she even dead? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, the team shows up. What is the meaning of this? Ah, uh, I see. You think I killed Wanda? This this page of defiance. Oh my gosh! Him in the just the, the first the shot right the the image right before that where he just starts floating and he's like no no, <laughs> no. oh my god I love him in black. 
Also, Dark Magneto. Yeah, where where'd you get that that jacket too? That's not a thing you always wear. It's always but capes, it's so but dope. it's so cool it's with so the collar. Dope. I don't believe I will. Yeah. Ugh, so good. All right, Tommy. Like, what's going on here, like, buddy? What's going on? Because also, what body is he talking about? Because I don't see it anymore. Right. Well, I think it's been cocooned in Krakoa. What essentially is happening to them as they're standing around it, right? You yeah. see this so heap is of vines. Krakoa involved? I think so. Probably. But is Kakoa involved in a positive way or in a negative way? Does Kakoa know what's up and is trying to save I mean, Wanda? Kakoa has a decent amount of sentience around the island. It doesn't keep track of everything, but on the main island, I think yeah. there's an awareness. And then as we continue on to the next page, this detail of Wanda's favorite flower that shouldn't be able to grow here is growing, growing on, on this gate. Yes. There's a connection between Wanda's subconscious and Krakoa. Right. And so that's why I think Krakoa is involved in a positive way. Like Krakoa, I, I feel like something happened and Krakoa like caught her life force. Like he caught her essence and was like, oh, I got to hold on to this. Don't let her fully die. Hmm. I'm going to absorb your life force into me in some way until we can get the bot- the, to the bottom of how to get you back to your body. Potentially, yeah. It's just that combination of the cocoon and the flowers. There's there's a deeper Krakoan connection here. For sure. And then the Avengers. Right. Just the way that Charles... So they vote on it, and then Charles is like, I'm going to... We're going to tell the Avengers. Like, we got to tell them. Right. And then he just pops out of the gate. I called you. It was me. I mean, I know it's just my... Charles can do literally anything. And you're like, oh, that Charles. Look at him pruning a bush. I mean, I'm just saying you... I just feel like in, in a lot of situations, Charles tries to keep what's going on in mutantdom. In, in mutantdom. For sure. In their pocket that's, until they understand what's going on. That's what so he needs to, to do. Bring in the Avengers. Like, I understand. Okay, you decided you're not going to resurrect her. Fine. But don't you want to find out something a little bit more solid to tell them before you tell them? Why are you so quick to bring them in? I mean, think about the Avengers finding out that one of their own died and you didn't tell me until a week later because you were doing an investigation. But that doesn't seem unlikely in the world of the X-Men to me. But the world of the X-Men has been very in itself, right? This is now beyond the world of the X-Men. This is connecting to not only the Avengers, but also Billy in space feeling something happening with his Mm -hmm. mother, the magical connection. And he's even referenced on that that Tommy page. Yeah. This is going to get out and they're trying to get ahead of it. Fine. I still think it's suspicious. What do the kids say now? Sus. Sus. These battle pages. I think I said it the other day. It was a couple weeks ago when we were X-Men number one and even X-Men number two, some of the best action scenes. This. I love the whole, the battle of the Wolverines. Yeah. Logan Wolverine just being a sucker for punishment. And he's like, I don't care what you can do to me. I was a distraction. My kids don't have adamantium in them. So. Yeah. I don't require metal inside you in order to make you suffer. Ugh. There's more than enough metallic ore in Krakoa's soil for that. I love it. Is that the metal that was used? Right. Right. I feel like that's a deliberate call out to include. Right. And then just this reveal of him thinking that it's sink and oh. then it's Polaris. Yeah. 
Oh, good I mean, gravy. I mean, at the top of that page, let's talk about the contrast between Magneto attacking Polaris and Logan literally shielding Laura from daggers and getting impaled. Yeah. Like this this fatherly contrast between these two. Yeah. But he doesn't know it's Polaris and he also is being attacked, right? Like someone is using his magnetic power against him and he thinks it's sync trying to copy his power right so he's like in defense and he's like if you're gonna attack me show yourself right and then it's your daughter your daughter with the most savage dig how many women is it now you once claimed to love who all perished during your brief window of affection and attention you leave a trail of dead wives and dead daughters behind in your wake. Oh, Polaris. Polaris. That Savage. Is, yeah. How are you going to feel when you find out it wasn't Magneto? <sighs> like, that's the thing that's like, it's it's so interesting, this idea of Krakoa being a place where your evil is washed away, and the second anyone suspects Magneto. I never trusted that guy. It's like, yeah, he did it. He always did it. I mean, she Polaris is pretty epic in her like crying, thwarting, and then Quicksilver. Where did he even come from? I don't know. Where did he even come from? He ran across the world. How onto did he Grigo. know? Because they have a twin connection. Maybe. Like how? What? That, Maybe Tommy told him. When Tommy's inside Krokoa now. You got cell phones. You can get a cell phone reception inside. All I know Krakoa. is I was very taken. I was like, "Whoa, what, what?" Yeah, but I loved it. Yeah, for sure. Just the rage, just the guilt, the anger, the sadness. Yeah. And beating him near death, as is established later on, the emotion in Quicksilver, like such good dialogue and emotion from Pietro over his love for his sister. Yeah. Actual sister brother love, and not weird like, uh, "What's going on?" Blech. And Northstar with the save. Yeah, Northstar jumping in. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We still got to do due process over here. Right. We got a healing garden to, to go to as the love triangle triage and Magneto lay comatose. Yeah. So I don't understand. Like a little bit. Jean was like, I need Emma's help. And then she was like, nah, just kidding. I don't. I don't understand why Jean and Omega level telepath would need Emma's help. I, I mean, think it literally is, you you didn't you scanned a dead mind just a little with while a combination ago. of Polaris and that yes. is part of the question of okay could she have scanned Scarlet Witch's mind right and could also the two of them together because scanned it that's not going to just be introduced a couple of weeks ago and not followed up on they're but, all talking to each but other timeline wise does this because this is happening right after the gala. Does that X-Men issue happen a little yeah. bit later so she know. doesn't know she can do that yet, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. This this line from Jean, though, where she says, no, it can't. A nightmare can't confess. Like, I love that. She's basically saying there's no way to know what's going on in his brain right now if that's real or if it's, you know, a nightmare and we can't hold him accountable for, for what I would see if I was to go in there. Yeah. The Green Lagoon. Why is Toto so upset? So this is these are the remaining original Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yes. Plus Blob, who added to the team a couple issues after, but he's upset because, I mean, he's Toad, mad Toad about and Mis- Magneto. Yeah, Toad and uh, Mastermind were kind of creeps, you know, and they <laughs> they cared for her, sure in whatever way. Oh my God, that's Mastermind, just not in his like yeah, that's master- polished look. Yeah, that's Mastermind in his potato sack look. <laughs> That's that's. I'm not trying classic to, mastermind. to disguise my appearance. I'm in mourning. Moment. 
and this great voiceover narration. Yeah, who do you think this voiceover is? I think it's Wanda. I mean, it's red. But especially as we get into the final pages. It's definitely Wanda. Honestly, like, this cloak is giving me Doom vibes. I mean, I don't think it's Doom, but that's what I thought of. It's giving me Moon Knight vibes. Ooh, Moon Knight vibes. These images are making me think that there's there is a projected idea of what like somehow someone was able to leave a trail of what they wanted the murder to look like, but it's not how it actually happened. Hmm. Like because she's getting stabbed here and that's not how she's said to have died. That's true. This person stabs her and then she bleeds flower petals. Yeah. And turns her white costume red. Yeah. And then what are these symbols? I feel like we've seen these symbols before in a data page somewhere. They don't look familiar to me. I, I, I'm like going to give myself homework that I probably won't follow up on, but I feel like they're in a data page somewhere. Yeah. That last page though. So beautiful. Yeah. So really beautiful. Is. And then what's the Krakoan for next issue? Starts with an A on both words. A-V-E-N. Avengers Assemble. Yes. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh no. What'd you think? I mean, I loved it. I loved it in a way that it infuriated me. You know, like it was, I was passionate about it while I was reading it. Great. And to have read all the new comics, which is what, five comics that I read yep. in one sitting, which is, that's a, that's a hefty feat for me. I was eager to get to it. Because you like, put it last, right? I put it first just because I knew we were going to do an episode about this. And, no, I put because it last. I didn't. The same way I that read I read that and then tried to read X Corp. Come on now. That's true. I put it last. I mean, I'll say spoiler to the X Corp when we talk about it. It was the best issue that they've had. Yes. Yes. It Not was. saying a whole lot, but it was the best issue that they it had. Was, it was. But I was glad that I read X Force and Guardians and then I could read Marauders and Way of X and Trial of Magneto because it just got. I'll leave my thoughts on which one was better between way of x and marauders that's a difficult decision for me at this moment but (laughs) anyway i loved it i thought the pacing was really great i thought they gave us information they had to do all the setup right they had to say obviously with the name of it being trial of magneto and everyone's speculations over the last like few weeks they had to lay all those things out so we got them but it was visually really beautiful to look at. The dialogue was great. It had really hard hitting moments that like really like got you in the gut. And I I got riled up reading it, which is one of my favorite things to do when reading is to get riled up. That's good. That's good. I feel like I am truly invested in the characters and what's happening. That means it's a great story. It brought yeah. you in. It made it real. Yeah. And I mean, I always do like to get a taste of magneto in his truest form just defying everybody and forging his own path and telling you no and then Um, having that i mean that him attempting to kill xavier essentially and then just so much to it there's so much to it well xavier was being really sassy but it was at first. I mean, at the same time, he's is also the leader of a nation that is now having I gotta, to deal with. I got to tell you, every time someone says that, it really grinds my gears. Who else is the leader? It is a council. Okay. A council that was formed by who? A council. The council formed itself? Yes. I don't think so. I just, I can't with that. It's a council. <laughs> yep. Xavier's not in charge. 
by himself no, anymore. No, no, no. But he is the figurehead. He is a leader of the nation. This is not what we're talking about. He is not the leader. September 15th. That's when Are you kidding me? That's issue the two next comes one? out. It's a monthly book. I what are you talking it. about? I hate it so much. You know, it's crazy and potentially connected to why they had to you know, rush this storyline up. This is five issues. Inferno is four issues. They both end in December. They're both leading to whatever Same happens thing. into January. Ay, 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 caramba. Well, what did you think? Oh, I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. I read it three times. Three times. Yeah. I read it again today. I was like, no. Especially because I can, you made fun of me because I couldn't digitize it the other day. Right. And I do read the the floppies multiple times. That's what it's called, the floppies. That's, yeah, that's what floppy people discs. refer to them as. But when I digitize them, I can read them literally anywhere. I can read them while I'm out on the patio and I don't have to come in and fish through the books and grab them. I can read full runs. But, you know, I do love the feel of I will always buy physical issues when I can. Yeah. But I, I thought it was really great. I thought the art was beautiful. So beautiful. I thought that the story drew you in. It had so much of what I loved about the concept of X Factor that we maybe didn't get a whole lot of throughout the run, but this idea of mm-hmm. them working together to solve mutant murders and the chrono skimming of Rachel, the the guest appearances of X-Force and X-Men. This is an event. This is an event book yeah. that's just billed as a miniseries. I just can't. I'll be fine because I'll have other stories to hold me over, I guess. But it's going to kill me to wait a month. No, that's that's the thing that, you know, when going back to how we started with Hickman in the beginning of this episode, a lot of people are, you had the, a lot of people had Hox Pox hype at yeah. the beginning. And then you get little, little bits of that. But that's not what comics is on a regular basis. Comics can't be that all amazing, like supercharged up. All the time. Right. You have to have the other stories in between that are yeah. setting up this one thing. But to have it would a... be like if every issue of comics was the Battle of Hogwarts. Right. Right. Or if every slice of cake there? was a death by chocolate cake. Oh, God. Is this the second <laughs> time we've talked about death by chocolate cake? That's why I brought podcast? it up. Yes. I feel like we need to like, I don't know. Do a giveaway for a slice of How does that work? Cake. We can't know. mail we'll a mail slice of ch- chocolate cake. Yes, Greg's mails cake, I think. You can like We talked about that. Are you sure? I'll look it up. Outside of Rhode Island? People get food delivered from other states all the time. All right, we're on a tangent now. Yeah, we are. But yeah, not every piece of cake can be death by chocolate. Not every issue can be the Battle of Hogwarts. And so to have a line intentionally thinking about that as a goal and to have little peaks and valleys across that's exciting and especially if everybody gets their turn with a comic here that all right no they're they're running and and that's what a lot of the people that are saying that they're going to leave have been saying i'm here for the hickman hype i'm here for the big arc stories and everything else feels like filler but you need the filler it's the same thing it's the same argument with the when we were when the walking dead was like in its prime and we were watching it and people would get upset that there was an episode where they were just like walking around looking for a home my, my dad would hate those episodes there's no action there's nothing happening but like you can't there's character development there's not you need dynamics like a Levels. show a movie a book a 
whatever. It needs to have dynamics so that it's captivating. Ebbs if and it's flows. All, if it's all at the high level all the time, then the high level stuff isn't interesting anymore. Right. Because it's all that. You need the dynamics to pull you through, to keep you invested, to give you like shock and awe. If, if, if every episode or every issue is those kind of high stakes and that kind of a battle and that kind of shock and surprise, those twists and turns, they become predictable and they're not interesting anymore. Yeah. And also part of a good story is character building and getting to understand the characters. And though epic battles and stuff like that are, are great... If you don't, if you're not invested in the characters, then there's nothing that's paying off. Right. Yeah. Great issue. Great issue. I think I'm really excited about the, for that to be the first issue. I'm really excited about the rest of the series. Yep. Really excited about where X-Men comics are at, which is to have this happen the day after the Hickman announcement. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if they planned that or to. (laughs) They were like, let me give you something to make you feel a little bit better. Right. Because here's this thing Leah Williams thought of, right? Because I do think, I mean, I don't really know, but I would imagine, right? If Hickman has this plan, maybe he will like, maybe that outline has been shared with the rest of the team. It has. Right. So they says, he says that in the interview that they all know the full scope of what he planned to do. Right. So the skeleton is there and then you have all these other amazing people who can, you know, take it forward and add to it and. That's why I think there's potential, especially if he's still contracted by Marvel, potential to come back at a later time and wrap it up, finish right. it up. Right, and there's also nothing that says that he can't pop in and consult once in a while. Right. Right? So, all right, we're easing everyone's concerns, right? Aren't we making you feel so much better? Yes. I I always felt good. Sure you did. No, I didn't. I was in a, <laughs> I was in a sad place. I mean... Honestly, the way I found out was like... I posted I, in the story, yeah, right? I saw it in the Ex-Wife Podcast story, and I screenshotted it and sent it to you, because this was on Wednesday, right? Tuesday. Yesterday. Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. Yeah, but you, we weren't together, because I was you alone when I saw yeah. it, and I screenshotted it, and I sent it to you, and I was just like, excuse me, what is this? Yeah. Shock. Yeah. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And the fact that the Krakoan era is still going on, I'm, I'm happy. The fact that there is Hickman's fingerprints are all over this era, all over this run. People are playing off of the foundation that he built. They loved his ideas so much that they want to continue it more, which, you know, there's stories to tell. They're still playing with these ideas. There's so many seeds that he put in, not even yeah. just with Hoxpox, but with every issue after that. And I think just one last thing I'll say. To it was my understanding in reading the article that he had this idea. Okay, these are the three acts, and he wanted to move on to the next one. But everybody else had so many ideas for the the right. first one that they wanted that to continue to play. To me, is a positive. That's like there's so much more play in this in this storyline than we maybe would have originally gotten. So, yeah. well, and they even say that there was always the potential that it could last longer than he had initially intended. Mm-hmm. He had outlined a three-act, essentially three-year plan that if it's going well, if people are loving it and adding to it and, and building off of it, let's make it happen. Yeah. But I think the pandemic changed where his focus was on. I As think, it did for many of us. Sure. I think that might play into the future of what he does later on because if – that's really successful is he still going to come back and do this other thing or Mm -hmm. is he going to focus on his passion project questionable 
But either way, I think the world is in good hands. Agreed. I'm not sure if there's going to be a head of X that takes his place in that role. I don't know if you necessarily need it, especially with everybody working together the way that they do. Yeah. But I did like the fact that he was there, that he set that tone. Because that's something that has never been a part of comics. And it's something that is throughout the entire MCU. I think it's what makes me... It, it's what helped hook me into one big comics. story. Right. Yeah. One big story. And I mean, just in general, the way Marvel works as one larger universe and how things, you know, can rend it like the whole Guardians of the, well, the Galaxy. The fact that thing. Al Ewing is building off yeah. of that one large story and then connecting it to. All right. Let's seed into it just makes it look so much more intentional. Right. And it, even just the small thing of like in the Demon Bear, we just we just read the Demon Bear. At the end of Demon Bear, they're like, we're going to talk to Doctor Strange about this. And it's like, okay, right. cool. Well, and so that's, I feel like, the closest it's ever been to something like this was Claremont working with Louise Simonson and Nascenti and building out what was his run with New Mutants and X-Factor and everything else that mm-hmm. followed. Whew. Wow. Tangents. What? An episode, and I'm really excited to talk about the rest of this week's new comics. But um, until next time, old friend. Charles with his squished head. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 